0: I bring you greetings from everywhere. And to those who are with us, orchards. I say hello to all of you and may the spirit of the Lord bless you today. Only then, in the same way, receive the grace of God that causes you to triumph. And run back, enjoy the freshness that the Lord brings into a life that belongs to his. Hallelujah. And to Midrand Church, I'm glad to be here. I intend to preach for a short time, but straight to the point. And uh, I pray that the Lord by his spirit would guide us into the truth of his word. Amen. Last week, I launched the book written by our father, our pastor, our prophet, our teacher, our leader. You see, all these things that I have mentioned are great, but I think the greatest of them is the leader we have in him. You get it? I tell my classmates on our year group, group platform, I mean, I, I'm talking about my university classmates, my fellow doctors. I tell them that, you see, intelligence is one thing and leadership is another thing. Africa has a lot of intelligent people But Africa does not have a lot of leaders. And therefore, though Africa is a rich continent endowed with a lot of natural resources, Africa stands for poverty. And the only reason is not because of the absence of intellectuals, but it's because of the absence of leadership. You see, it takes a leader To say that instead of me squandering all the money on myself, let me squander it on many more people. Because how does one million rand benefit one person compared to benefiting a thousand people? But you see, this one, a leader would understand. But a non-leader would never understand. Hallelujah. And we are blessed to have a leader in the person of our prophet, our teacher. And you see, like everything else, even Jesus was evil spoken of. So how much more a human being? Jesus, who was without sin, who could ask his people, which of you convicts me of a sin? And there was nobody who could. Still, they spoke evil about him. So, don't allow the evil spoken about the leader God has given to you to prevent you from receiving your leadership guidance that you need for your life to prosper. Amen. I have refused and I would always refuse For anything to take me away from the leader in him that has been given to me. Because by meeting him and having led me for 32 years, I can see that my life is... I I like my life. You know, the way it is, I like it. I regret that my life has not turned out well. No, 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 no. no. Something else can make me unhappy, but not my life. I like it. Even if it doesn't improve and it doesn't get higher and better, I think I still like it. But not everybody is able to look upon their lives and say, I like my life. But it's because of the leader you have. Hallelujah. So it's a great blessing to have him and we should be obedient and follow so that we will prosper. Amen. Great. So there was a book. That was launched last week. I don't know whether it was launched here in Midrand. It was cut off. Anyway. One of the things I'll be doing is I'll be streaming live from wherever I am to Midrand sometimes. Depending on how. So, I will need you to get a bit of darkening so that you can have good projection. And your sound is good. Good. But maybe we need a bass, I mean, subwoofer. So that you can enjoy the, the strong, beautiful songs that are sung elsewhere. Amen. And also, the voice will be better. Great. So that's one of the things, because I see Midran as a church, you are cut off. Use, you are quite, in terms of the others, you are cut off. And, you know, you, sometimes it's easy to blame somebody else. Than to blame yourself. Do you get it? Blaming yourself is almost often the last thing, and it never comes. Everybody else is everybody else's fault, but you. Do you get it? It's everybody else's fault except you. But you see, when you are a leader and there's a problem, you are responsible. So if Midrand is cut off from the rest of the church, it's my responsibility. It may not be my doing, but I am responsible to make sure that Midran is connected to the rest of the church. So, until I have done all that can be done by a leader, I cannot accuse your pastor that he is the cause of the disconnection. Are, are you with me? Oh, yes, yes. I know you don't like what I'm saying, but I'm saying it. <laughs> So now, I'm coming into you so that you will not be disconnected. You must be connected properly so that you can receive that which every joint supplies. Amen. Good. So last week, I preached on the book, How Can I Say Thanks? And the subtitle was... How to say thanks. How to say thanks. Or you can say it, how to say thanks well. Remember this that you are not saying thank you to the air. We always say thank you to somebody. I said we are not saying thank you to the air. We always say thank you to somebody. And there are different people to whom we say thanks. And there are different reasons for which we say thanks. Amen. Amen. Now, in the case of God, we must say thanks to him. Because Psalm 95 tells us that He has made us. Open to Psalm 95. He said, Come and let us sing unto the Lord. He says, Come. Oh, come and let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. To the rock of our deliverance, to the rock of our helper. You see, the word salvation is deliverance, rescue, safety, welfare, prosperity, victory. So you see, when you see the word salvation, it's not just forgiveness of your sins. Do you get it? Because sometimes a word is often used so much so that its meaning is restricted. But the word that was translated salvation is more than forgiveness of sins. It's actually deliverance. You are delivered from the power of, of, from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. From the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. From the power of Satan unto the power of God. That is what salvation means. So, the psalmist, their group of, I mean this one was not written by David, but it was written by Asaph, one of the leaders, the choir leaders of the tribe of Levi. And he said, come, oh come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise. Just in case you don't know who the Lord is. He is the rock of our salvation. He is the strength of our deliverance. He is the strength of our victory. He is the strength of our safety. He is our everything. So come and let us Make a joyful noise to him. And then he goes on and say, Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with hymns. Because great is the Lord and great, a great king is he above all gods. In his hands are the deep of the earth the deep places of the earth the strength of the seas so the strength of the hills are also his in other words he supports the hills, the mountains and everything the sea is made by him or the sea is his he made it and his hands formed the dry land come let us worship and bow down let us kneel before the Lord our maker And it goes on to say that for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture, the sheep of his hand. Then he starts today if you hear his voice, don't be stubborn. Hey, And I'm asking what has obedience got to do with thankfulness? I said, what has obedience got to do with thankfulness? They must be related. Otherwise, the person who is writing the psalm is not well. You don't understand what I'm saying. You are saying, come, let us give thanks to the Lord. Then the next moment, and you explain to us how he owns us. And how everything is his. Then the next thing you start talking about, is if we hear his voice, we should not be stubborn. Ah. But what has stubbornness got to do with thankfulness or what has thankfulness got to do with stubbornness? And as I meditated, I meditated, I realized that everything and every person has a way by which thankfulness is appropriate. You see, I'm your pastor. Or at least for now. Do you get it? Now, if you give me anything, all I have to say is thank you. But that's where it ends. Are you with me? But I do something that delivers you from evil or changes your situation from bad to good you cannot say thank you to me by saying just thank you because it will be inappropriate this one now we are going deep into thankfulness Like many things else, we don't really go deep. Because we are happy to always be told how God is going to take us up and we are not going to be down. But nobody asks how. How is God going to take us up? We talk about the grace of God. But the grace of God has a channel by which it manifests. It's not a rain that comes and you just start growing. It has a channel by which it manifests. So in the same way, I'm learning that saying thank you depends on who is being thanked and what is it that the person is being thanked for. You cannot say just thank you and you expect it to be okay. Depending on who and what is being thanked. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm sure it didn't didn't occur to you like that. Yes, yes. So that's why God says to us, do not remove your teachers to the corner. Let your teachers be present in your life so that they can teach you to understand. Hallelujah. So I have learned that, you see, saying thank you depends on who is the thank you for and therefore how, you see, let me put it this way. Who the thanks is for will determine how it is to be done or it is to be said. Hallelujah. I hope you are understanding me. You see, when you want to say thank you to a man who has chosen you and married you, you don't say thank you with your mouth. No. How do you say? How do you say thank you? He married you so that you will be a wife. You say thank you by being a proper wife. Yesterday, I was at a, a wedding. And as I was preaching, the last word I said to the bride, remember this. I said, remember this. Because I discovered that the bride had a lot of beautiful ideas. How the wedding must be, what she wanted, and all those things. And I told her, these ideas would have remained silent in your heart and in your mind if this boy or this guy had not chosen you. Remember it! As you were happy dancing, and all, it's because among all the girls, he said, I like you. And I want to marry you. And kept his word. You don't say thank you that, ah, thank you for marrying me. And then you continue your life the way you want it to be. You don't say like that. There is a way you say thank you. For this particular thing, there's a way to say thank you. He, you see, he married you for, a perp- for the purpose of being a wife. The best appropriate way to say thank you to him is to be what he married you for. If you are waiting for me to preach, this is the gist of the message. See, that's how I preach. I preach with examples that makes you understand. Are you with me? The way you say thank you depends on who and what you are saying thank you to. Or who or who and what you need to thank for. Some you say with your mouth, thank you, the Lord bless you. Others is not the mouth. It's striving to be what was, or what was the reason. For doing whatever has been done for you. The best way you can say thank you. Is to become what the person. Wished for in you. If the person is in a position of. Now. Now. In the case of God. In the case of God. We have to say thank you. If you are born again. I said if you are born again you must you owe God thanksgiving. If you are born again you owe God thanksgiving. And the way to be thankful to God is to be what he paid the price for. I said The way to be thankful to God is to strive to be what he paid for you to be. I hope you understand it. He paid the price with his blood and his life. He endured to himself what he has never tasted before so that you and me can be delivered from the power of Satan to be under the power of God. The way you can say thank you to God is for your life to be described as a life that is under the power of God. Period. The way you can say thank you to God is to be what he saved you for. Please, don't bring your, your, your issues. Don't, don't, don't start. I want to preach short. So don't start by saying what about me? what about my plans? How do you think your plans was coming to pass when you were under the power of Satan? That's the question I'm asking you that you have not thought to answer. How do you think your plans was coming to pass? What what is your plans? Tell me. What what is your plans? What, What is your plans? Tell me. When the God of this world has been described as a murderer, as a thief, How how are you going to bring to pass whatever good ideas you have for yourself? So here you are, here you are, unable to bring to pass under the leadership of Satan the dreams of your life. Yes, you will never be able to bring to pass the dreams of your life. Something that will be useful. When your life here on earth is finished, you look back and say that was a good life. No, you see here on earth, it will look like good but you see it looks like good until you go to the other side like, ah, this is rubbish. Have you ever done a makeup in the dark? and you come out and you discover that okay not in a dark but a makeup in an area where the light is not good then then you come into sunlight and you're asking what was i thinking and, and what did i think i was doing that's how you see that's how a life lived without god is under the sun on this earth a life without god is like living a life in darkness It's not like living. It's living a life in darkness. It's like doing a makeup in not so bright a place. So there was no way you were going to bring to pass anything that is good for your life. But God who is rich in mercy wherewith he has loved us, sent forth his son to die for you and for me and has delivered us from the power of darkness. From the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. How can you think of wanting to implement the dreams you have for yourself? When he has a dream for you. So listen. We say and give not thanks well. When we don't make it our aim to be what God wants us to be. If you didn't hear anything, this is the message I came to give to you. So, what is your aim? Oh, Pastor, I see. But what you're talking about, how are we going to eat? Listen. You are not thinking well when you ask that question. How have you been eating all this while? And who says you must be under the kingdom of darkness, under the power of Satan for you to be able to eat? And who says the food you eat is what keeps your body alive? Listen, some questions when you ask, it shows that you are not well. Oh, yes. That is why, and Jesus knew that through Satan through us would want to ask that question. That how are we going to live if we are to do and to follow God's will? Now, you see, when you ask that question, it's an insult to God. Because what we are saying is that God is able to give you life but he's not able to sustain the life he has given you. When you say that, it's an insult to God, that he has delivered you from the power of darkness, but he has forgotten or does not have what it takes to sustain you whilst you are in his kingdom. That's what we are saying. Oh yeah. But you see, even as an enemy, he was a provider for you. I said, even when you were his enemy, he was a provider for you. Yeah, when you were his enemy, he was a provider. The Bible tells us, Jesus said, Love your enemies. So that you'll be like your father, who makes his son and his rain to come on both his enemies and his people. Matthew 5 You'll be like your father. Who cares for everybody? So if God cares for his enemies, what makes you think that you who, has purchased, who he has purchased with his blood, blood that you now have faith in Jesus, he will neglect you? So to let what to eat, what to wear, where to sleep, bother you so much that you, you become unthankful. It's a big mistake. It's an error that you will discover if you don't hear me today. You will discover it when your life here on earth is ended. But I don't want it to be so. That's why I'm preaching what I'm preaching to you. That listen. The way to say thanks. Well. Is to seek to be what he saved you for. That's all. What did he save you for? Romans 8.29 did he save you for? I said, what did he save you for? He says, for whom he did foreknow, he also predestinated to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. If you didn't understand it, please put an NLT there. If you have it. Are you here with me? Are, are you alive or are you are sleeping? Ask the person sitting by you. Why are you sleeping? I mean, is, is the message that boring? Or, or is it because you are watching on television? Run Randberg, Oliven, ask the person sitting by you. Why are you sleeping? For God knew his people in advance. And he chose them to do what? Are you becoming like his son? So that his son will be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Listen. The least we could do. In our saying thank you to God for our salvation, is to be, what, He saved us, to be. If you didn't hear anything, that's what I'm telling you. And you see, you say, "But Bishop, how do you know? How do you know that we are not trying?" I know you are not trying because of your prayer topics. And if you check your prayer topics, that's when you get to pray. Most of the time, you don't talk to God. But when you get to talk to him, the things you discuss with him tells me that this is not your aim. It's not your goal of life. It's it's not what you have desired. I said it's not the goal of your life. It's not what you have desired. To be like him. But you see, he has given us blessings. That will cause us to be like his son. It is because we are not interested in becoming like his son. That's why we are utilizing and are not making any effort to tap into any of these things. We don't know them and we don't care. We'll spend an, an, our energy to learn about everything but what we need to learn about. So that we can be found to be thankful children of God. Hallelujah. Are you here with me? I'm talking about how to give thanks well. When Jesus was asked your brother and your sisters are looking for He said, who are they? My brothers and sisters are this one. Those who do the will of God. What is the will of God? The will of God is for you to be like his son so that his son can be firstborn among many brethren. Period. Whatever it will take, you, you need to ask him. Many of us hear about the Holy Spirit. We sing about him, but that's where it ends. We don't know him as a person and we don't care if we don't know him. We'd rather know somebody who can give us a job. Than to know the Holy Spirit. We'll spend time, go for dinner with people that we are expecting to give us jobs. Who sometimes, anyway, let me not spoil the future. If I go deep, it will be problems. And today, I don't feel for problems. There are days where I'm for it. But today is not one of the days. Because I don't feel for problems. So, let's stay where we are. But I'm sure, listen, listen, I'm sure you understand what I'm saying. What is your effort on a scale of one to ten? Ten being the best and one being the poorest. What is your effort in becoming what God saved you to be? You see, in the case of Apostle Paul, we see his effort in many ways. We see his effort in many ways. In Acts chapter 26. in Acts chapter 26, we see that one, he was obedient. He was obedient to God. Oh yeah, he was very obedient to God. I said he was obedient to God. Are you obedient to God? I said, are you obedient to God? You know, I'm not talking about are you perfect? Because like Paul said, in many things we offend all. Sorry, it's James rather who said in many things we offend all. It's not easy when you are being tackled by the enemy from every corner. Sometimes not to make a mistake. And God is not up against you into how many mistakes you have made. He's looking at the genuineness of your heart to the vision he has for you. Whether that is a vision you have for your life. is a vision of are you saved? Are you born again? The vision of God for your salvation is that what you have for your life? Is that what eats you up? Don't answer, please. (laughs) Do you get it? Obviously. But let me say this to you. That you have a reason for not being obedient does not take you out of the label disobedient. I said that you have a reason for not being obedient does not take you out of the label of disobedience. And in the first service, I shared with them how disobedience allows the curses that are here on earth to have a free show in your life. Do you get it? The curses, it's like they, they, they have a chance to throw a party in your life. Oh, Yeah. Number three, we'll call case number seven. Tell it, guys, we are here. It's happening here live. And your life is so frustrated. Hallelujah. Number two, all those verses are there. Actually, all of it, when you read Paul, is a good example. Number two, we saw that Paul was faithful and relentless in what the vision of God for his life. He was faithful and relentless. In other words, he had challenges to make him not pursue that vision. But he was the one who says none of these things move me. None of these things move me. In other words, I'm so thankful. That I will stop at nothing to become what I have been saved to be. But you see, the 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 thing with Paul is that he understood his state and how he was the he was on the wrong in the highway with top speed. To the opposite direction. So he could appreciate the intervention of Jesus. That if it was not for Jesus, I would have gone the wrong way completely and I would have messed up thinking I'm going the right way. So you see, Paul's heart was to go the right way. But under the deception of Satan, he was going the wrong way at top speed. So when Jesus came in and intervened, He said, ah, "I am so thankful. Whatever it takes for you or for me to be what you have called me to be, nothing shall stop me." Paul was faithful and relentless; nothing will stop him. So you, your Christian life, your the, the call—if if it, you see the reason why little little things stop you from your Christian, your journey with God, your walk with God. It's because your heart is not, that is not what you want to do. It's like a boy you don't like. You get it, who decides not to show up when you had an appointment to go out and he starts giving excuses. Already you don't like him. So it's like he's making his matter worse. But the boy you like, You will make excuses for even when others are telling you that Charlie, this one is not working, you say, Oh no, it will work. You don't understand. Some time ago, I told a lady in the presence of the brother she wants to marry. Which normally I don't do. I told her that. If I were you, I will not marry him. In his in the brother's presence. But the sister went on to marry him. And I would understand her. I, I would not be angry with her. Because At the time I was speaking, her heart was sold out to the boy. You can't blame her. The only problem is when things turn sour, she's not acknowledging that you told me in black and white, in the presence of the person, and I did not listen to you. That's the only problem I have with her. Not that she married, but that she's not admitting to the truth. That he told me, but my heart was so determined for the boy that the council just fell on the back of a duck and rode out without wetting the duck. <laughs> Do you get it? Yeah. So, listen. Let us be You see, what stops us, what detracts us, is a clear reflection of our determination to be what God wants us to be. Because when you are determined, nothing stops you. When when a person is determined, nothing stops them. The third point is that Paul gave himself to do what he was supposed to do in terms of the real task. You see, he said something in Second Corinthians. If you are feeling sleepy, please stand so that you are allowed to stand. Just be an usher for today. Do you get it? Oliven, Run back. anybody who is feeling sleepy, please stand. You are allowed to be an usher. I have asked you to stand so that you don't sleep because you must hear this. Satan doesn't want you to hear it. But I want you to hear it. The Holy Spirit wants you to hear it. Amen. So listen. In 2 Corinthians, Paul explains to us about some of the things that relates to our salvation. And in verse, 2 Corinthians 15, sorry, 5. 2 Corinthians 5, 15. He says that, 2 Corinthians 5, 15. He says that he died for all, that those who live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Verse 16. Wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh, yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Whatever it is, don't worry. Therefore, because of all that I have said, if any man be in Christ, that person is a new creature. All things are past, away. You see, we are happy, listen carefully, we are happy to hear that old things are passed away. And we immediately come down to, yo, thank God my sins are passed away. Hey. Ah, there's a song, and now I sing, a brand new man, amazing grace, sing for me he paid the debt he did not owe but i owe the debt i that could not pay i needed, pay. I needed someone, someone to, to wash okay, let my me keep sins away, so away. <laughs> my keys
1: and now i sing a brand new song amazing grace yeah.
0: Jesus Jesus paid the debt debt that that I could never pay do you get it he paid the debt that I could never pay so now he demands me do you get it knowing that my debts are past, and you see we are very happy to sing the song And especially when we sing this song, we remember our boyfriends and our girlfriends and our other deeds. The abortions and other so many things and we are so thankful that it has been paid for. But let me tell you something. All things that are passed away also include your dreams. Because there were dreams when you were not under the power of God, but under the power of Satan. And those dreams were Satan-inspired. So just as as you are happy that the sins that were Satan-inspired have been paid for, so also the dreams that were Satan-inspired no longer should exist. your dreams should be inspired by the holy spirit now that you are a brand new man because all things are passed away all things have become new including your dreams oh yeah including your dreams thank you holy spirit Let's do more and he said all things are of god who hath reconciled us to himself by christ jesus and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation, that, to which that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Has committed unto us that now then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God beseeches you by us, we pray you in Christ's that Be ye reconciled to God. So, you see, Paul was speaking about what Christ ha- God did through Christ to reconcile us unto himself. And has given to us, including himself, Paul, the ministry of reconciliation. So, as a Christian, if you don't embark on the ministry of reconciliation, bringing others who are enemies of God... To make peace with God through Jesus. You are doing something wrong. You are not giving thanks well. You are being unthankful. I said you are being unthankful. Because with God, to, to give thanks is not to say thank you God. No. To give thanks is to do what he saved you for. And Paul showed us that that is what it is. And listen, don't tell me you have dreams. You see, Pastor, it's you. It's not me. It's you who don't want to be what... You don't want to give thanks. Because whatever you are training yourself to be today, you are not born like that. Were you born a lawyer? Were you born an architect? Were you born a pharmacist? Were you born an engineer? Stop that nonsense. Hallelujah. If you don't want to do it, just say I won't do it. And stop arguing with me. So you realize that Paul gave thanks by witnessing, doing what he was told to go and do. To tell people about Jesus. Amen. Also, you should you see, Paul gave thanks by saying what he needed to say or what he was told to say. Now, God has an agenda for your life. To be like his son. What is the mark of being like his son? To do his will. What is the will of God for you? I said, what is the will of God for you? Whatever the will of God for you, look for it and do it. Say what you need to say. Do what you need to do. Because Paul did and said what he needed to say. He, he was key in preaching the suffering of Christ. And as a pastor, you should preach about how Christ suffered and died for our lives. And therefore, we must also suffer for others to know Christ. You say you are tired. Can you imagine hanging on a cross until you are dead? Do you think you'll be comfortable? Yeah. Yeah but you see tiredness was not a reason was not a good enough reason to hold Jesus back from doing what his father has told him to do for your sake how come you want me to accept your tiredness as a reason for you not doing what, you want, what needs to be done most of us here we are just Sunday morning church comers and you tell me you are busy you are busy meanwhile the same you if you had a boyfriend or somebody that you are following, it doesn't matter whether you are married or not married you you will not be tired you will will be making maneuvers you'll be telling us you're i mean you are going on trek you are doing all these things all these please i told you today i didn't want to go there so don't tell me you are tired period do you agree i said do we agree that you are not going to tell me you are tired can I have an amen from uh, about that from you? Amen. You are not going to tell me you are tired to read your Bible. You are not going to tell me you are tired to pray. You are not going to tell me you are tired to call somebody to share the word of God with a person. Amen. That's fine. Yeah, don't tell me you are tired to go on visitation. Don't tell me it's Corona. Corona. Yes, it's Corona. I told you I don't want to spoil the preaching so. You are really pushing me. You are really, really pushing me. No, 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 no. I won't spoil the preaching. And you see, can I tell you something? In your saying thank you to God, the way you ought to say it, I promise you, people will think you are mad. Oh, yes, people will think you are mad. But don't let that bother you. Because the foolishness of God is still wiser than the wisdom of men. That's all. The foolishness of God. So if men think of you foolish because you are doing what God expects of you, it's not surprising. But even in in their thought of you as foolish, you will still come out wiser than them. So it should never discourage you at all amen. And you see, you cannot, you cannot, it's okay, it's okay, leave it, leave it. You cannot say thank you if your mind is governed by the opinion of the world. You see, as I stand here, the opinion of the world, the people The system and all this stuff. I've been trained a medical doctor. But my not practicing medicine is wasteful of resources. In other words, we spend money to train you as a doctor, and now you are here preaching. Listen, when doctors become politicians, nobody says it's wasteful of resources when doctors become ambassadors to other countries, nobody says it's wasteful of resources. So, if you are going to follow the world's opinion, you will never be found to be thankful to God. Yeah. But Paul was not moved by the world's opinion of him what thought people thought of him. No, no, no. Listen, Jesus has said, you are not of the world, even though he took you from the world. You no longer belong to the world. So the opinion of the world about you will never be favorable. And the opinion of the world about what you have to do in obedience and in saying thank you to God will never be favorable. Let me tell you something. You see, as a medical doctor and a pastor, I am a better quality to my my people that I pastor than just plain pastor. Yes. I'm I'm a better quality. Because I can advise you. I said, no, it's okay. We have faith. But this one, do it. Go and do the operation. But imagine if I wasn't a doctor and to understand. Sometimes, sometimes, I even tell people, with problem. One time, somebody, I, I mean, an important, somebody significant in the church came and gave me some symptoms. As she was talking, I feel like that. I said, this one, you need to go and see your doctor. No, 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 no. As on a Sunday morning. When she went to see, a portion of her arteries to her heart was blocked. And she just had a, it just, she just went in the nick of time. Yes. Do you think if I was a pastor, just plain pastor, I would have told her to, she would, be, she would be dead by now. Because she wouldn't even come to me. She would just she would pray for me. Maybe my prayer would save her. But sometimes, it's not prayer, it's common sense. <laughs> Do you get it? Yeah, it's true. Because all, all knowledge that we have is of God. They are saying, You see, when medicine says I can't, that is where we say God. Medicine has said they can't. Do you get it? I remember a telling me, I mean, I think there was a time some years ago when they, she came and told me about his son and uh, the doctor said, unless it's a miracle. So I stood there and I said, Lord, you have heard what the doctors have said, mm-hmm. that we need a miracle, so we are, we are asking you for a miracle. The child is there. It's still around. Yeah, because it, you see where where man stops God begins so okay we've tried what man can do in terms of he has given us knowledge but if I wasn't understanding some of these things I would mislead a lot of people so how, how do you tell me that my being a doctor is a waste of resources in fact my being a doctor gives me a broader understanding that's why I can analyze economics other things so many things We people say this one is not good if you do this you do that and those who have obeyed have been blessed those who have not obeyed have have perished are are you with me so listen listen don't follow the world's opinion of you in your walk with god it will you will never be found to be thankful amen and the last but not the least Let others, through you, also be thankful to God through your teaching them. And we are just following the examples of Paul. How Paul said thanks. You see, it was not only sufficient for him to live out his life in a way of thankfulness. But he also extended it to others. And it's important for you. That is why, listen, that is why we encourage you to be involved in the church. When you come to church on Sunday morning, you are not really participating to be a blessing to other people. Because you have something that many people don't have. Your involvement in small groups in the church is what is going to bring it out for others to learn and to benefit. Sometimes even, listen, your busy schedule, the tightness of your work, and your still involvement in church activities becomes a motivation for so many other people who are less busier than you to do what is right. So through your life and your involvement and your participation, many are found to be thankful. You see, by me being a doctor and a pastor at the same time, when I was working as a doctor, encouraged a lot of our pastors. They said, this guy is busy, but look, he has time to pastor us. He has time to have meetings with us. He has time to go for retreat with us. We can also do something because we are not as busy as he is. So through my life of participating in the kingdom of God, in the things of God, other people also rose up to do likewise. In other words, through my life, I inspired others to also be thankful to God by becoming what God wants them to be. It's my prayer that we would have very few Sunday attendees. It's my prayer that a person would just be a Sunday attendee because they have joined the church less than three months ago but all of us will not be Sunday attendees. We'll be involved in the basentes and in the Santa meetings, in other words, the ministry meetings, the other things and be involved in shepherding people. How nice it would be with your good character if you have 10 people around you and you are teaching them step by step how to do a quiet time. Don't spend your time complaining about how the pastor has done this, the pastor's wife said this, the assistant minister said this. You see, those things, is okay. Let them do whatever. Look, God doesn't need the opinion of you to be blessed. Just do Say, you see, say your thanks to God and let them say their thanks to God. Are you with me? Amen. And we'll be blessed. Because when we are thankful to God, it just opens up a great blessing of God into our lives. A thankful person will always be a blessed person. I a, a thankful person will always be a blessed person. And my prayer for you is to be found to be a thankful person according to the way God expects you. Don't allow the lies of Satan to make you unthankful. I said, don't allow the ways of Satan to make you unthankful. No matter what you are, and no matter what God has done in your life, he deserves a thank you from him in the way that is befitting to him by becoming what he wants you to be. Don't neglect that aspect because it's dangerous. It's an insult. It's an effort that I have brought you here into my kingdom so that you will be like my son. And you don't care about being like my son but you care about being like you The dream that Satan has given to you. That is what you want to become in my kingdom. It's an insult. Because if I wanted the dream that Satan has given to you in my kingdom. I would have kept Satan. I wouldn't have cast him out. So to be in my kingdom. And to neglect what I want you to be in my kingdom. And to pursue what you want to be. According to the dreams that Satan has given to you. Is an insult. Is the, the least or is the worst you could do in saying thank you to God. Don't let anybody deceive you that we are all not called to serve God. Listen, whether we are all not called to serve God or not, we are all expected to be thankful. And I'm telling you that in the case of God, to be thankful means to strive to be what he wants you to be and in first peter one four i don't know whether it's first or second mark i think it's peter one Second peter one four it says whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. That by these promises we might be partakers of the divine nature. The divine nature is the nature of Jesus. And so we must be partakers of it. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Through desires. Through passionate desires. Lust is not sex. It's not only sex. Sex is one of the many lusts. But lust is not an ordinary desire. An overwhelming desire to be something. And the Bible says that the the corruption that is in the world is through this overwhelming desire to be something. Overwhelming desire for something. That is what brings the corruption. And the Bible says we have been given precious promises so that we can escape this. To not not want to escape it by tapping into these precious promises is an insult to the one who has provided the promises. It's a big mistake. But this mistake shall not be made by you. I pray for you. May the Lord deliver you from this error that is in the world and in the Christian community, may we be found to be a people that are truly thankful to God according to the way God expects us. By becoming what he wants us to be and by walking in every promise and provision that he has made for our life for this wonderful escape. Thank you, Father, for giving us the blessing that makes us able to be partakers of your divine nature so that we can escape the corruption that is in the world deliver us Lord from every dream that is not of you reveal to us the filth the folly, the flaw that is in these dreams and help us to give it away and take on the dream that you have for us the dream to make us species of men, the dream to be children of you oh God led by your Holy Spirit this is what we ask in the name of Jesus. As every head is bowed and every eye closed, maybe somebody invited you and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I want you to make a decision whether you, but I advise you to decide to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior so that you receive the precious promises that will make you an escapee of the corruption that is in the world through last. You want to say, Pastor, please pray with me. Lift up your heart and wherever you are. Let me pray. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lift it up high. Lift it up high. We want to give your life to Jesus. When born you want to lift it up high. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you have done and doing in your life. We will say thank you in the way that benefits what you do for us have done by becoming what you are called, thank you, Holy Spirit, that every work of the enemy that aims otherwise shall not prosper in our lives. But by you, Holy Spirit, we shall draw our hearts and lighten our eyes of understanding, that we may see and understand and know what good our God has for And give our hearts and ourselves. Thank you. We believe you've been blessed by this message. To stay connected, follow our LCI social media platform.